0: you have your Bibles this morning, Psalm 101. Now I want to draw your attention to the thought behind this Psalm. Um, it's a Psalm of David. How many of you have ever, um, you know, had some great months with the Lord, a great year with the Lord or two, and, and then for whatever reason, you don't know why, you haven't thought about it, but there just seems to be a little bit of distance. It doesn't mean you're backslidden in sin. It just seems like the, the Lord is here and you're over here. We know he hasn't moved, but you know what I'm talking about. You just feel like his presence is not right there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, just have those times maybe where your devotions are are not as sweet as they were last week or the week before. Well, notice if you would, there are six I wills in this psalm. He said, Lord, I will. He is, David is trying to, uh, to restore the sweetness of fellowship. You can tell that uh, by noticing in verse number uh, two. Notice what he says. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? So that little sentence there tells us what's in David's heart. It tells you the reason why I wills are there. Lord, I will do this. Lord, I will do that. Because David is wanting the Lord back in a close, close environment. And he feels like the Lord is a little bit distant. And so today is about you and I, not just... Um, not just getting the Lord close to us, uh, but but dwelling with Him on a regular basis. And when we do sense it, and you know, sometimes uh, if we were to take a look at what are some things that can put just a little distance between you and the Lord. Can you tell me? I mean, where one week you have great devotions and maybe then the next week um, your devotions are good, uh, but but you have to sort of keep working at it. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, or you come to church and you have to keep working at it to pay attention. Well, uh, I, there are some things that happen during the course of our lives that cause that. Can you name one? Name one for me. Yes, sir, Scott? A busy life. That's probably uh, top three. A busy life. We we get things going and they take our attention away from the Lord. One of the things I've been trying to work on is my devotions in the morning, uh, but then during the day uh, to to just take some time and think about the Lord. And uh, uh, how many of you have noticed that in our workplace uh, there are times where you take a break? Like uh, a lot of workplaces give you fifteen minutes breaks every or three hours, or uh, you know, of course, I think France has got fifteen minutes break every hour i don 't know but but it 's sort of like you know you get a little bit of time where you just take a breath, you step back from your uh, uh your, your desk, you slide back, and just take a deep breath and sort of refocus again well i 've been trying to sort of uh, think about the Lord and and, and Lord. Uh, this is the next thing on my list. Lord, could could I enlist your help today to try to bring more of the Daniel syndrome into my life? Daniel, three times a day, prayed. He was very disciplined that three times a day, morning, noon, and evening. So uh, something else, a busy life can distract you from a close, close walk with the Lord. Bobby? Circumstances. Uh, uh, circumstances, yep. An event comes up. Um. I can give you an event. A loved one is very, very ill. A child is very, very ill. It distracts your attention from the Lord. And yes, you might pray in the morning, but you don't think much about him maybe all day long because you're trying to meet with doctors, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that. Uh, So distractions can get us. You're in church, you're sitting here in church, and your mind begins to you get distracted something comes up um, uh, how many of you know um, the two ladies that come to our church and they sit back over here and uh, very sweet ladies have been coming for many many years um, uh, but they come from a retirement home and uh, uh, they're, they're 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 just a little bit different uh, sweet ladies but you 'll notice that One Sunday morning, they got dropped off at our church, and it was the wrong church. And everybody was warm and friendly to them. And they went back and said, we don't want to go to the other church, and we want to go here. And so they've been coming here for about 10 years because you're so sweet and understanding with them. Well, the one thing that bothers them is that light up there is out. They've ordered the part. Now, don't look. I see everybody looking, trying to find that one light. It's out. It's been out. For about two and a half months, it was flickering on and off. So one Sunday it worked, next Sunday it wouldn't. And so they noticed that light. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, it it can't concentrate. Um, You know, simple minds like that and like me sometimes notice things that really distract them. Uh, You know, and, and so you have to fight through a distraction. Uh, something else. We got busy life, a distraction by the bread. Pardon me? We forget. Yep. We just forget about the Lord. Um, how many of you have gone through a whole day and really didn't think much about your wife or your husband? Don't raise your hand, okay? But you didn't really think much about your husband or your wife. You're just busy. You're just going through. You just forget. Well. We ought not to do that with the Lord. Okay? That's happened to David right here. One other one. Uh, I saw another hand. Yes, ma'am. Health. Health. How many have ever taken some medicine or and it made you sort of loopy and you just couldn't concentrate? Uh, anybody ever done that? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, when the drunk driver hit me in the back and it messed up my vertebrae, I was waiting on surgery And it took 17 days from the time my disc ruptured until the time they went in and fused my neck. Well, those 17 days, the most horrible part of it all is I couldn't read my Bible because I couldn't concentrate. It was hard to even pray. It was like, Lord, I'm trying, but I just can't think. Now, there's one other thing that can distract us. Other than health, other than issues with distractions, uh, there's another thing. Busyness of life, sin, a little bit of sin. Just something we let come in without saying, Lord, I am sorry. Um, The psalmist said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eye. But sometimes we don't set it before our eyes. The old devil does it for us. And when he does that, it distracts us. And if we don't immediately say, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, that thought. It's not the first thought. It's not the first sight. It's the second one. And so it is very important that you and I learn to avoid these distractions to the best of our ability. Now, Uh, So we've got listed things that can cause this scenario. Let's read verse 1. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. Now, one of the ways to get back in the good graces of the Lord. Number one, you and I want to say I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for being distracted. Lord, forgive me for being so busy. Lord, forgive me for forgetting. Lord, uh, look. When you forget, your priorities are out of order. You just forget. Other things take over first place with the Lord. So you'll notice then that all of a sudden, what do we do? We we feel verse 2, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? So it's like he says in verse 1, I'm going to sing to you. He says, I will sing to you. One of the ways that we draw up close to the Lord is sing to Him. Um, it. It draws a a, a a focus from you to the Lord when you sing to Him. You don't have to be able to sing well, but you just sing to the Lord. A, a song that hits. Um, I like to whistle because those words get in my mind. I don't feel like I sing very well, so the whistling uh, just sort of draws my attention back to the Lord and. And, and yet he says, Lord, I'm, I'll sing to you. I'll behave myself wisely. Oh, Lord, when are you going to come back? So the first thing we would do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? We know that. Can anybody tell me what 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says? Can anybody tell me what that says? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all iniquity. So anytime we sense this little bit of distance, the first thing we want to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, Anytime you recognize it, uh, no matter if it's during the day, uh, just go back a little bit, think, and say, Lord, I don't know what it is, but if it's sin, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And then we know that it's not sin, so it's other things that uh, that we just have to look out for. It. But the, what we want to do is start to sing to the Lord. Maybe take a, a few minutes and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Uh, there is a name I love to sing. There little as much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There is a crown, and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. So you begin to sing a song that means something to you, and it begins to bring back the presence of the Lord. The Lord loves singing. Do you realize all the effort we put into music in our church? I mean, good music, music that we feel like honors the Lord. I mean, we have uh, two pianos. there. Brand new, those pianos are worth $500,000. We have orchestra pit. Nobody else has orchestra pit that I can see. Miller Brothers has never built an orchestra pit, nor has BGW, and all they do is build churches. Um, we have piano practice rooms in the back where almost 100 children take piano lessons, violin lessons. Um, we're very in on music. We have a choir. Um, there was a lady that came in Sunday this, uh, this past Thursday, and she walked in. I was uh, doing something in the back, and she came in, and uh, my wife called and said, hey, there's a lady up here who would like to know if she can talk with you. So I come up to the front. And she said, look, I'm I, 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 I just kind of tired of the church I'm going to, the music, this and that. And, and she said, I'm looking around, and she said, could I... Could, could you show me around your church and tell me a bit about it? So I walked her back. She says, I'm coming next Sunday. She said, I love a choir. I want to be in a choir. Uh, I want to be a part of that. I love to sing to the Lord. So just a brightness about her spirit when she thought we, were, we, we had a choir and we liked to sing. So I, I want to remind you that notice number one, I will sing of mercy and judgment of thee, O Lord, Will I sing. Uh, Didn't notice he says, I'll behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Uh, I I promise you, Lord, I I am going to do what is right. I'm going to behave myself wisely. Lord, I'm going to think about what I do before I do it. That's wisely. I don't know that sometimes we think about what we do before we do it. Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We don't think in advance. We just do things sometimes. We say things sometimes, and we regret them. And David said, I will behave myself wisely. And then you notice he says, I like this part. He says, in a perfect way. In other words, in a way that is mature and in a way that pleases you. It's perfect in your sight. And notice, if you would, he says, Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? It's like that wasn't enough. So then he goes down and he begins to list some other things. that he says, Lord, I will do this and I will do that. He is desperate for the Lord to be close to him. And folks, I want to encourage every lady in this room, every man in this room, to have this heart. Now notice what he says in verse number two. I will walk within mine house With a perfect heart. So he backs up and he says, Well, uh, maybe it's something in my home. So he says, Lord, I promise you, when I go home, I'll make sure my home is right. And I will walk in my home with a perfect heart. Lord, a perfect heart, all sin confessed, everything right between me and anybody else in my home. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Now, notice, He did not say, I will walk within thy house with a perfect heart. It was his house. So he's looking, and I think this is a great example for us, to make sure everything's right between you and your wife, you and your husband. Because that's not working with a perfect heart. If it's not, notice if you would. He says in verse 3, now if you'll notice, this is the third, this is the fourth I will. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. So he promises the Lord that I will not plan on any sin. I won't put something before mine eyes. I'm not going to watch something. Now, somebody tell me this. What would be the number one thing that Christians could put before our eyes that would not be right? A television show. All television shows are not good. How many of you know that? Okay? Um, You know, many, 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 many years ago, uh, in the book of Proverbs, um, it speaks about not um, allowing people around you to curse or not being a part of that. So, we, Janet and I still have the same rule that, you know, I've had for years that we just kind of turn the channel if they curse. and, And so, we have a a filter called VidAngel. How many know what that is? VidAngel, it's a filter that filters movies, and so you can just go to that filter, and it says, "Okay, uh, what do you want to filter?" It's got foul language. It may have it may have fifty or sixty uh, uh, different things that are in it. It may have some Im- immorality in it. Uh, you can filter all that out. You can filter out. If you don't want to hear any bigotry, you don't want to hear any this or that, uh, you don't want to hear them uh, say something bad about the Lord, you can take that out. Um, And and so, hey, I could watch an R-rated movie, an X-rated movie, in about three minutes, a whole two hours. So it just filters it all out. There's nothing left. And so, you know, you, you say, I will not set any wicked thing before my eyes, Obviously, I'm kidding. I don't watch an X-rated movie. But I'm just saying, you, you can filter things out. Do, do you understand that, that David is trying to say, Lord, I want you back so I won't put anything before my eyes." That's wicked. We can't plan on it. I won't put any entertainment or any uh, TV show. I won't put any... I won't plan anything that's evil. I just won't do it. This is the fourth I will. How many of you have ever sort of promised the Lord? You wanted something, maybe an illness of a child, but you said, Lord, I'll do this if you just heal this person. How many have ever done anything like that? I have. How many have ever done anything like that? You just, of, I will. Well, notice, notice if you would. In verse number four, a froward heart shall depart from me. In other words, somebody with a wicked heart that I know doesn't want to do what's right. He said, I'll just keep them away from me. Notice what he says the next one. I will not know a wicked person. Do you see how far he's willing to take this? Lord, I won't even have as an acquaintance Someone that doesn't want to do what's right. I wish I could get our young people to understand this is how far you need to go if you want to walk with the Lord daily. And by the way, this is for us too. You can't have a gossip as your friend. You can't have an angry person as your friend. With an angerous and furious man, thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. So there are things that you and I, we look at and say, well, you know, everybody does this, everybody does that. Well, David said, it won't be that I allow it to be my friend. So all of us have circles of friends. David is saying, no person that's angry, bitter, lustful, no person that has got a wicked heart is going to enter my circle of friendship. I will know no wicked person. David is really trying to clean up his life for one reason or I just want us to be close. And folks, I, I wish I could get everybody in this room to have that same desire, that you would want the Lord to be so close to you that you would do anything to get him back in that sweet, close relationship. Notice, if you would, uh, not only that, uh, but not only he protected his eyes and he protected from his friends, uh, but look at verse number 5. 5. Um, Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. I don't think we do that. Somebody's going to slander somebody, say something bad about them. uh, We don't cut that person off. And when it says cut them off, I'm still going to listen to it. I'm going to go the other way. But notice the next phrase. This is what I want you to see. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart, will I not suffer? So if I see someone that's proud, arrogant, then... I'm not going to allow them to get in my circle of friends. Now, now notice very carefully. This does not mean that if you know somebody that's proud and arrogant, that you don't go up to them and say, it's good to see you today. May the Lord bless you. It does not mean that we're not good to people, period, of all kinds. It just means you're protecting your heart and you're protecting your eyes. Otherwise, how would we ever see a sinner saved? How would we ever see a saint reunited with the Lord in a close walk? We can never just push them away and not talk to them, ignore them. We just allow them not to get into our circle where their thoughts become our thoughts, where we share our thoughts and they share their thoughts with us. We have to be so careful to put a perimeter around our hearts. Every teenager has to do that. Every couple has to do that. Notice with me, if you would, uh, and and I want you to uh, just see in verse 6. Mine eye shall be upon the faithful of the land. Now he switches. And he says, I am just going to be around faithful people. Do you know what? That's what this place is supposed to be. This place from this pew right here to that pew over there is supposed to be just faithful people and sinners that don't do what's right. But we know the people that get in our circle of friendship, they're faithful. Now, this is all, there's a reason for this. I'm just going to be around faithful people. There's a reason for this. So that, Lord, you and I can sit down together and have sweet fellowship. This morning, I'm going to speak briefly on God's hatred for sin. And I want you to understand that I don't, you don't, no one understands how much God hates sin. We cannot imagine. If we sit down and thought about it, we cannot picture it. The animosity, the hatred God has for sin. It separates from God. And so it is important, I can't tell you how much He loves faithful people. Finish this sentence for me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. God loves faithful people. Now, real quickly. I want you to help me define a faithful person. Dependable Dependable spiritually. They always are in their place. They're always in their devotional time. They're always in church. They're always doing what they're supposed to do. They're faithful to say, I'm sorry, when they hurt somebody. They're faithful to forgive somebody when they apologize to them, and they're hurt. They're consistently doing right. Notice, if you would, in verse number two, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Faithful. He's promising the Lord I will be faithful. And he's also, if you'll notice, in verse number six, promising the Lord that my eyes are only going to look up to Faithful people. And folks today, can I tell you something? We need some faithful people. One of the reasons yesterday was so enjoyable to me at a 50th wedding anniversary was because they weren't just celebrating 50. I've seen people celebrate 50 and say, man, we made it. That was a rough go. It wasn't like that. It was it was a rough go for a while, and then I got saved, and everything changed, and I wanted to stay changed, and we want to celebrate, and we want everybody to know how happy we are with each other and with the Lord, and I'll take you again with joy. It was such a sweet thing. And as he's repeating those vows, he's crying. It was such a sweet time. Such a sweet time. It's not just faithful. You do your duty. It's you're doing your duty with joy. Those are the kind of people I'm going to set my eyes on. I was thrilled when one of our preacher boys came back a few weeks ago, and he put his children. He has teenage children, and then he had a small child, a one-year-old, a little surprise, and put him in the uh, nursery. And there was the same nursery workers in there when they put him in fifteen years ago. And They came up to me and said, "Pastor, it's such an encouragement." To see those faithful, faithless in the nursery workers, that was his statement to me. You and I will never know the blessing it is when somebody sets their eyes upon you if you're faithful. But the greatest benefit you and the Lord can sit together and worship together, and that's our goal in life—to walk with the Lord. Let's bow our heads. A word of prayer, Father. Today, I pray that you would help us to learn the lesson of Psalm 101, the I wills, Lord. We want to walk in a perfect way before you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk close to you. I pray that you'd bless our guests and visitors today. Thank you again for your love to us. In your name we pray, amen.